everybody. Welcome back to episode six of the Short Free Games Talk podcast. I'm your host, Chrissy. And I'm your co-host, Clyde. And on this podcast, we talk about short free games. So this week, we have decided we've gone rogue and decided to do something different. Yeah, so we're going to talk about a series of games that were made during a game jam. That's possibly still going on. I don't think so, though. Because I read, they were already trying to stop, and then I read, like, we're done, (laughs) let's make the collection or something at the bottom. Anyway. Uh, uh, All I know is that February is infamous for having fewer than days than most months, and the last time I checked, they were on February 32nd. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it was, like, based off of a song or something or something. Anyway, so... um. So we are going to talk about all the games made by... I Have Five Hat, also known as Dennis Carr. In the game jam that was themed... RPG Maker 2003, I think. So the theme, or the page read, that it was to make a game based off of a picture that was put up every Mm -hmm. day. And it was supposed to be 15 to 30 minutes. That was suggested time. Suggested time to make the game. But there's no way they spent 15 to 30 minutes on some of those games. I can't even imagine like getting the program to open 15 yeah. well, to 30 minutes. Uh, I have five hats said that um, in that thread that uh, he's got 15 years of experience with that engine. So, oh. so that's that's a lot of familiarity, you know? Yeah. And possibly a lot of built-up art assets and such. Yeah. You probably know where everything is. Yeah. So uh so let's have some background. Okay. What is a game jam? Um, a game jam is when uh developers like typically it seems that hobbyist developers do it, but I guess professionals do it too. Um, where uh there'll be a theme and typically a uh a time limitation and some sometimes there'll be other rules. And um, the basic idea is that uh, in a short quantity of time, you're given a theme, you make a game, um, and then you kind of share them with each other. Uh, and it, it, it's an event in that uh, it's a lot different than if if I was to make a game that mimicked someone's game from a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have a it would have a less of a communal aspect than, you know, five people saying, hey, we're going to work on this theme right now. We have this much time. And at the end of it, we're all going to play each other's games and it'll be fun. So it's sort of like a game for game developers. It's largely the event itself. It's a get together. So so it's more for developers. Than, than the people playing it? Yeah, people playing I would say so. Well, except for that, you know, the developers are playing it. Right. And but yeah, for an outside audience to come in, they're probably not going to get as much out of it. But uh, there are definitely some jewels, uh, as as we can see in in this particular jam. Yeah, you've made games in game jams. So mm-hmm. what is what is the uh, benefit, I guess? Um, Other than the communal, hey, let's get together. The 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 thing that uh, game jams are really good at um, uh, giving you experientially is a ability to uh, scope your games much more efficiently because 
uh, can fifteen minutes. <laughs> with 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 a, with a time limitation, um, and also this sense of low investment. Also, it's kind of like you know, if it's a if it's a game jam game, you, you're not really worried about not setting the world on fire with this release. Mm-hmm. So, um, so when you when you finish it your expectations are much lower because you know that everyone else's expectations are much lower. But what this allows you to do is uh, uh, what I, I keep on talking about scope in games. And I don't think yeah, what does that mean? I do a very good job right. of explaining what that means. Uh, when you, when I'm drawing on a piece of paper, okay, here's, here's a really good okay, metaphor. Hit me with a metaphor. All right. If I'm drawing on a piece of paper, uh, I say, okay, I'm going to do a drawing, and, you know, I might section off different parts of it and do drawings in them, but typically, the drawing is only going to be on that one sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. When you make a game, what can end up happening is you start realizing that you need more and more sheets of paper <laughs> uh, in order to finish the game, and, the, and it becomes a book. Uh, and so what scope means is being able to understand how large the involvement is going to need to be in order to communicate and complete and execute on the idea that you're trying to uh uh manifest so um it's maybe for other people it's incredibly easy to do with game development but for me trying to understand the scope of the project um is very difficult and game jams has game jams allow me to uh, develop a muscle memory that that tells me how large an idea is and 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 how and much how... will be involved with each element I want to include, and also how to pare that down. Yeah, because you were saying uh, when you were making Dancing Girls, at first you were gonna have like a dialogue system, yeah. and you were gonna have them do a dance to a specific song or something. Yeah, and then you didn't realize you would have to build something for each one of those elements. Yeah. And also notice that all four of the dancers look the exact same because they're all the same, like, prefab that I copied, duplicated. Yeah, having an idea is much easier than having... But, you know, I I had, like, a weird opinion about, you know, me. I always have a negative opinion about things before I try that's them. That's not true. Well, that's not true, but it seems like it's true in these, in these game examples. Like, based off of the games I played from your game jams, I kind of had this opinion that game jam games were unplayable which is odd because you liked the world beneath so much well i didn't realize when i said your game jam i think of like the crab where the head comes off oh the uh, scorpions attack. yeah or like uh the curtain game or something that was a miserable failure so so this is like what i associate with game jam games but but then when you were telling me like 50 short games was a game like a well, uh, like was... a self-imposed yeah. and then the world beneath and then thinking about it, like, having just a few elements in order to represent an idea mm-hmm. clearly, and it works really well sometimes, and sometimes it really doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's fun to go through. I, I had a creative writing teacher uh, in college, and she said that her main method that she wanted to introduce to students was that of um, uh, incredible proliferation. Proliferation. Just keeping on writing and half of it will or a quarter of it will be okay the 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 english teacher metaphor which is of course incredibly appropriate is 
that a tree that like an oak will you know drop many many acorns not which <laughs> not all of which will grow into mighty oaks themselves <laughs> but the idea is that by throwing massive quantities of stuff out there uh you're just going to happen upon you know hamlet right yeah yeah and so i'm glad that we we did do this because it was nice it there were some really good games and some games that yeah but one, one, one of our regrets on this is that we're not going to be talking about any of the other participants uh firecat fg and everything's taken uh both were uh constantly submitting games and i believe sergio also yeah that that podcast would last forever uh ever yeah. but when, when we started playing these games we realized that there were some uh interesting connections that could be made about um i have five hats games particularly yeah and uh the ability the the idea of associating them and kind of looking for tendencies throughout uh his work in this game jam seemed so appealing that we really wanted to do a show about it yeah i mean i think it would have been a valuable conversation because the, everything was based off a of picture so if we would have picked yeah. like one of the pictures and played all the games and then compared them that would have been valuable too we should explain that the the based explain. off of a picture part the the, the prompts for these oh, i think you might have already said it. the prompts for these games were pictures from the internet uh mm. They're suspiciously good pictures for prompts, uh, <laughs> so I don't know how much involvement was in in how random the randomization it was, of the but, randomization. Uh, regardless, the the ends were worth the means uh, because the uh, the pictures provided um, a lot of I don't know I don't even know what I would call it, but so sometimes they're not they don't seem to be used uh, completely like dream horses. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but. The one thing I really enjoyed about picking a person and playing that even the games I didn't or games that weren't even games like there were some screensaver kind of games like even those that I would have just been like blah and went past yeah you would I have was, been like I've seen everything there is to see here yeah yeah and I wouldn't have paid attention to it at all but since we were we were kind of connecting all of them I enjoyed looking at the elements that were shared with other games and the similar styles that were shared with other games or techniques that were shared me too so that was the a really good part about picking one person mm -hmm. it's not just a matter of inside jokes and it's not even a matter of crap either like there there's some examples where um what is it a uh, shifty lights and uh uh bird time bird time's not a uh a screensaver dream well, horses was the screensaver but uh bird time and um shifty lights oh, both have, have similar same... logic to the oh, yeah, moving sorry. parts yeah you're right so uh um it was interesting kind of like making mm -hmm. that connection and then going and pressing escape to to get out of it and seeing that uh in shifty lights i think it is the the rpg character's name is bird no yeah uh, which kind of gives some corroboration to that idea um that was a really enjoyable way to play these games it 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 really did give them more meaning to me as a player trying to make the connection to them so i think it was a really beneficial way to play them it, they, they they provide reference to for each other right they provide context from mm -hmm. which to move and uh the one of the reasons we really wanted to focus on one developer uh in this jam is because um you kind of get a familiarity with the tools they use mm. and not not tools just in like rpg maker or in a particular sprite but 
tools as in um specific techniques that they that they will take a piece of and use in in the next game mm -hmm. or it it feels like there's a um material prima materia prima <laughs> like a like a like a medium that that they're that they're creating by creating the games they're creating this like mess of tool sets that then gets manifested in the next iteration and that's really pleasing for me personally like a real it's not just a matter of the craft it's a matter of the subject matters which continually come up mm. or, or or the emotions that continually come up or the or specific methods like the there's one i'm really looking forward to talking about which is uh the use of music in these games so do you want to start talking about the games yeah okay do you want to do you want to talk about a specific game or do you want to talk about the use of music in these games okay let's talk about bird time since we already mentioned that one okay so in this game bird time it's funny because it i thought it was a screensaver it opens up and it's like, just relax and watch the birds. Yeah, it says, it relax and watch the birds. <laughs> and there's a song. Uh, it's, it's like it's organ play, jazz. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's but it's like playful, like, I recorded this on my tape recorder in a sunny room <laughs> when, you know, I had nothing else to do that day. And I kind of liked what I made. Yeah. It, that, that's the feeling I get from it. Yeah. Yeah. They're like bat looking birds mm -hmm. and uh, there's kind of a grouping of them and the outsides are kind of shifting in a pattern of like left, right, up, diagonal. Yeah. And uh, in the sky scrolls when you move side to yeah, side. Look, uh, is, is it that the bird sprite itself is uh, a square and it's being rotated 90 degrees each time it moves? I'm not sure. But I know but, but it moves there's, there's in like a, a square pattern. There's a jagged 45 degree kind of feel to the movement. Yeah. 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 And when you scroll, if you go out, they'll start back over. Mm -hmm. kind of yeah. Thing. The screen, the screen wraps. So if one bird disappears on the outside of the screen, it'll show up on the other side that you're approaching. And all of the birds seem to have some AI that makes them want to get to the center mm. of the flock. But not be able to collide. But they See, I don't with know each other. if I believe that. I know you said that, but the ones in the center weren't doing anything, and only a but few they... random ones on the outside were moving. Well, I think the reason for that is because the ones on the center are colliding with the ones that are around them, mm. and they have no option to move away, mm. so they're just stuck there. I see. Um, Maybe. Maybe. So uh, this is what we thought the game, whole game was, yeah. and then I went on to. Glorious train wrecks. And read, I tried to read everything I could about what people were saying about these games. And he was like a secret ending. And somebody was like, I saw the ground <laughs> if you go horse on. And oh, before that, I thought it was strange because the picture of this was like birds with like weird, angry faces. Oh, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And somebody yeah, the, was, the prompt. yeah, someone was scared looking out a window. Like the birds were trying to attack them. They were like demonic looking mm -hmm. birds. and Yeah, they had human faces. Yeah, and it was like a scary scene, but this was like a, and I thought maybe the only the, association the, with the birds. This was super peaceful. Yeah, yeah. And, and especially because of the music. And uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this game is because of the music. And this is something that I noticed I have five hat doing a lot in these games. And I don't know if it, I don't know if it translates to other players, but it certainly was consistent with myself. The music is kind of like, you know how at the beginning of bird time, it says relax and enjoy the birds. Mm -hmm. 
that's a that's a, an authored context that it's like a what would you call that a, a, um here is the way to approach this game. Okay. It, almost instructional. Okay. Uh, narratively. I feel like in all of these games, the music has that effect where when I hear the music for the game, I know how I'm supposed to appreciate ah, it. You, it's like a, another hint on how you're supposed to play it. Yeah. And, and with Bird Time, the music's just, just playful and it's, it's, not, yeah. it's not relaxing in a sense of... Um, it's not relaxing like uh, you're entering a new awareness of no. pleasant. But it, it really does remind me of like the jazz part of the rhythm part of the jazz organ. Mm. You know, to, to me, it, remi it reminds me of sitting in, in a in a room with a couple of close friends drinking and playing on toy instruments and recording it on the four track. Mm. Uh, and it's. And that's how I end up approaching this game. Because it gives you that strong nostalgia of yeah. doing that? Yes, it, it, it evokes that feeling. And I'm like, okay, this is like looking out the window when that type of thing's happening. And the birds are just kind of... Oh, yeah, and you also made the comment when we were playing about how the crows do on the line. Oh, yeah, Have yeah, Have that yeah. same kind of movement where one moves in and the other one moves out. Yeah, in, in our area, uh, if we go into the more commercial area where we live, there's flocks of blackbirds at night. Um, or at dusk, and they'll all, you know, do the weird bird flocking thing that's all mathematical, and mm. they'll land on a line, and if you watch them for a while and you see them on a line, it's like one will always kind of fall off, and it's like musical chairs, where one will ha not have enough space, so he'll kind of like fly back up to the line and hover a bit, and then kind of push another bird off. And so then that bird is in that same position where it flies a little bit away and then kind of hovers a little bit and pushes another one off. And it's kind of like those um those balls on the strings that people have on their office de desks. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I got that. I got uh, that sense of motion from the uh, motion in this game. In the... So maybe we shouldn't talk about once we found out how we were supposed to play it, so oh, that... every, everything in this podcast is a spoiler. Okay. I mean, if you want to, if you don't want these games spoiled, and there are spoilers, then just yeah, play them because they only take like what five minutes each. Yeah. Well, at first I thought this game was a screensaver, but then I found out it said I saw someone say I moved horizontal to get to the ground, but I haven't found the ending yet. And so we went back in, and Clyde's like, "There's a ground," and there was a ground with people. And... Yeah. <laughs> We had been up in the sky the entire time. Yeah, it was a whole new game. And th th this is a good time to kind of uh, introduce um, a tendency of the sense of humor that I have five ha had in multiple games, which is it's it's like a dark humor, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of dark humor. <laughs> yeah, the, these these peaceful birds um, can uh, pick up figures from the ground and uh, bring them up to a height at which they drop, and then it kills them. And then you go back down and touch them. In oh, the that's right. Yeah. yeah, you have to go down and eat their corpse. Yeah, and then you can kill everybody. <laughs> and that's how you. Would and, and so, and so there's there's this um, asymmetry, uh, not asymmetry, but high contrast uh, mm. uh, between the relaxing kind of oh, this is what I should expect from this game. To yeah, the, relax and watch the birds and to listen the, to the oh music. no, this this is this is vicious. <laughs> this is a vicious power fantasy. I'm a flock of man-eating birds You're that right. likes to pick people off of the ground and then drop them to their death. I should have known from the picture that that wasn't all <laughs> that there was to it. <laughs> so that was that was kind of uh, 
an interesting evolution of that game. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot. I'll I'll talk about a different game that has a similar theme. Uh, Sounds like a good way to approach this. Yeah, yeah, where you where it like acts like one thing but then turns into another. Um, one minute to death. You or one minute to live. Sorry, you loved this game. This was my if I was gonna suggest and a free game like out of all the games that we've played Mm -hmm. to anyone to ever play. (laughs) I would pick this game. You love this game. I love this game. Uh, but at the beginning, you're like a little cat person. And well, yeah, like a like a, like a furry at a cosplay event or something. Yeah, and you're having a conversation with Death and the music. No, Death is having a conversation with, with you. you. And there's lounge music and Death is like, hey, we haven't talked to each other. And, and this is what... The, the, <laughs> hey, we haven't talked to each other. Yeah, this is the weird contrast. You're in a conversation with Death, and he tells you that he's fixing to kill you. Mm-hmm. But you expect Death to be, like, this creepy, scary thing. But mm-hmm. Death is like, hey, uh, I'm going to tell you I'm that the cool you, parent. Yeah, I'm going to tell <laughs> you that you're fixing to die. The old, the, if anybody knew, they would have a fit. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing you a favor, but, you know. He's, like, super funny, and there's lounge music, and it's, like, you know, not the setup of someone telling you you're going to die. And, and this reminds me of that thing I was saying with, where the music is kind of to mm-hmm. giving you a sense of context and this is this lounge music is also used in teeth of fury oh yeah and i i like thinking okay is there a is there a similarity between the the, the figure and teeth of fury that's speaking to you in the figure of death and for both cases i feel like you know one's far more extreme but in both cases it's like they have so much authority mm. that they can relax around you like they, <laughs> they have so much authority that they can be like Oh, you know, I'm doing you this favor, and you know, I'm, I'm just this real person with this creepy job. You, you, you kind of have to accept my role. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's like, um, okay, so you have one minute to live. Go make your peace with everything. I mean, I'm not even giving justice to how funny Death is. Right. He's such a funny character. So then you have one minute, and you have a clock counting down in the corner, and you come upon this like little town and there's three people with stalls and there's like a little graveyard. So I, of course, ran up to the first stall and you can talk to the person. And I can't remember. I think it was the priest or something. And there's and, a shopkeeper. I don't I know. There's a shopkeeper, a grave site. And I think I talked to the priest the first time. Okay. And, uh, and you have some choices that come up, like give them all your money. Or have ask them to have sex. Proposition them, yeah. Yeah, or uh, slash kill them. Mm-hmm. And so I always pick have sex with people in games when it's an option. So mm-hmm. I asked and he turned me down. So then I killed him. And I ran up <laughs> to the next person. And then I propositioned them to have sex. And they were like, no, but my wife's out of town, so okay. Oh, yeah, that was great. And the then... no, but yes was... <laughs> no, but no, yeah. no, but yes is the the answer I want from characters, <laughs> NPCs in games from now on. <laughs> but okay <laughs> and then the second time i played because i won't get to the second part third part of it yet second time i played i ran up and tried to get since i already knew what the sex part was i ran up and gave somebody all my money for their goods and i just like got a bunch of goods and then i killed them and then i went to the gravestone and reflected but the other choice was desecrate the grave or whatever oh, really? which i wish i had picked hmm. Yeah, so like like there could be a possible win state. Yeah, yeah, but <clears throat> you know, and can, can, th- this game seems to be themed largely based off of this. The story of this game to me is there is no win state. Like there is in, no win state. Inevitability mm. is funny. 
Inevitability you, is funny. Yeah, you just have some random things you get to do that makes you feel somewhat satisfied. Right. And it kind of makes fun of you for it feeling for feeling somewhat, somewhat satisfied, satisfied, right? Yeah. Like feeling like you have any element of control over the fact you know you're just gonna die in a It minute. doesn't matter what you pick. Yeah. And then like not even I think it's like seven seconds until the minute a train comes and runs you over and then you're back with death. And he's like, ha ha, didn't see that coming, did you? I like to add fun to how I kill people. <laughs> oh, but, and I was early. I'm such a space case recent. Like, he's so funny. He's really funny. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to say about this game? Um, let's see. What, uh, which one is it called again? It's called One Minute to Live. But I do like, I guess I'll, I'll re, uh restate what i liked about it while mm -hmm. you're looking okay. is is taking everything you expect the situation to be and making it ridiculous and at the same time giving you the feeling like you're accomplishing something even though you know you're not there are some things i wanted to point out about this game okay okay so you have one minute to live and that appears from the clock on the top of the screen and so you become really aware of it especially during the second playthrough yeah when i watched you play through it the third time Second time. Uh, I noticed that the time continued to move during the dialogue, and I thought that was hilarious. There's something to me about... Did you think it was paused? Punish, yeah. Like, punishing slow readers. Like, in... in oh. <laughs> in, but not, it's not, you know, an intentional punishment of slow readers. It's just in, in, in typical games, they will pause the clock during dialogue or cutscenes because, you know... It's it's like a, a grace they give you. You know, as a non-slow reader, that's never occurred to me. The idea of a of being timed while I read is incredibly <laughs> intimidating, <laughs> especially hilarious. in a game that is all about how you have one minute to live and you got to do everything. Um, I also thought that uh, uh, the um, the death mentions that they had that he has history with you or he or she has history oh yeah you guys are old friends but you haven't seen each other in a while yeah sorry that i've been away for a while or something like that yeah which gives me this really interesting narrative in my mind when i think about it like what's the history between this person and death oh the, yeah the i mean is this a cancer survivor i'm playing like <laughs> yeah it, oh yeah you know like it, it am i already on kind of like a borrowed time kind of deal like I thought that was a really interesting aspect. Yeah, see, this is like really good microfiction because it can set up so much more than than what it actually does. It yeah. creates... And it can give you that experience very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have to worry, like, when you suggest someone else have the same experience so that the two of you can discuss it, you don't have to worry about the fact that they're going to have to commit 60 hours to it. Oh, yeah, that's true. It is like a... I, I hate calling things gimmicks, as you know, but it mm. is like it gives you a specific experience a in a short period of time due to the factors that happen in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, often in these podcasts, you ask how to categorize these games. And I was re-listening re to one of the podcasts that we've already recorded. And uh, my answer to you was um, they do a lot in a very small quantity of time. Mm-hmm. I think that that's uh, uh, becoming more and more accurate the more I think about it. That these these games provide me with a memorable experience very quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And especially playing again, playing everything from one person. Uh, 
it helps me. I feel like I'm adding on to the same story, even though Word. it's a different game. Yeah, totally. They're all in the same universe, kind of. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it, it, it's kind of like, um, I mean, I don't feel this way anymore about comic books, but uh, at one point in my life, uh, I I loved comic books because of their episodic nature. Mm. And it was kind of like, you know, you can come in at any time and you can leave at any time. And you can, you're only going to be disposing half an hour to an hour during each one but they're all going to kind of inform each other. Yeah. And, and this has that same appeal. Yeah. Like it, you're, you can just, you can just play one of these, uh, enjoy alone. it. And then, yeah, alone. But then if you have a collection to go back to, um, you can start, you know, expanding that experience largely. Like you were saying, Oh, um, we, uh, contacted, I have five hat. And, uh, they mentioned that these games are intended to be put into a, Collection. A collection, a digital collection at one point, at some point. Um, All together, I think where you have a single download, but I yeah, might have I believe, misunderstood. Yeah, I, I get the impression that's going to be a single executable because it seems that one of the inspirations behind this game jam was a, a glorious, was it um train wreck marathon of some sort? Heart, I'm not sure. Heart pounding train wreck marathon, I think. Oh, is that the thing you were looking up on when it was based off of? Yeah, yeah, which is, which is where... Uh, Firecat, uh, FG, and um, Everything's Taken uh, made a large quantity of games and then put them into one menu system where uh, you end up uh, selecting games from the menu kind of in an accidental nature. Um, and these are, they are a bunch of small games. Uh, they're a bunch of small games that you're kind of like getting pieces of as in when, when, when i go into that executable i'm going to play three games not one but mm -hmm. i'm also not going to play all of them. right 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 okay so do you want to associate another game with this game oh i don't know I... yeah maybe let's just approach another game i guess okay so let's talk about <laughs> uh the game you seem to think was really funny divine intervention i liked divine intervention a lot i grew up christian and so I think that this game had a lot more uh, resonance with me. Uh, yeah, than me that did not. So when the the title screen is um, some god rays coming out of the sky, and it says divine intervention, and it's if in the church I grew up in, uh, this is what all when you walked into the sanctuary for the um, after Sunday school, we'd walk into the sanctuary, and there would be. Oh, ushers which are two people on the different sides of the door and they would hide you a little pamphlet they would hide you i mean i mean oh. hand you a little pamphlet oh, i was like this is getting good they would hand you a little pamphlet as you're going into the sanctuary for uh the uh what do you call it the um the actual church thing where the pastor gets up there and sermon okay type thing so uh the church service and um it was always really fascinating to me that we would have these color photos and they were all like, kind of like, they look like greeting cards. They were color? Yeah, they were in color. Oh, they paid some money for that. Yeah, rich church, rich oh, people yeah, church. Oh, yeah, that's right. So we would have color photos of what looks like a greeting card, basically. So and, it was and just an inspirational an quote. Yeah, and then you open it up and that then it tells you the order of the hymns. Oh, okay. And um, what the sermon's going to be about. And it might, like, tell you, you know, you know, someone's name who's sick and needs prayers, that type of thing. So, uh, 
uh, these were, you know, disposable. Um, but they were colored. They were colored, and but they were they were they were these interesting kind of relics to to the ritual experience. So I was always, you know, church is fucking boring. Yeah, so right. like I spent a lot of time staring at that photo, that color photo, and they look pretty much like this, <laughs> like like the <laughs> screenshot of divine intervention, which also becomes the um the uh the backdrop, uh, the scrolling backdrop for the uh. Well, that's not what happens at first. What happens at first is like, uh, you're a bird. Oh, was there a picture there? Mm, there's oh, a picture I didn't realize. Start screen, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and so that was one of the religious. I can't remember what that picture looked like. It's it's a cloud with uh, rays of light coming out of it. Oh, okay. Uh, like nature photography, but uh, for some reason, clouds with light coming out of it is big in Protestant faith as far as imagery goes oh really yeah like if you, if you go through if you go into the hallmark bookstore and look around i'd say that you're going to probably see 40 percent of the book covers are going to have this photo <laughs> on it and the bird yeah <laughs> so so the bird is uh the bird is the holy spirit uh oh is that like a real thing i thought yes. they were kind of making it up yes see, oh i didn't know see, that. Uh, chrissy did not grow up christian so she doesn't really know a lot of the uh, the mythology right so uh in the Christian, in Protestant Christianism, Christianism, Christianity, uh, there's a trinity. There's, uh, God is composed of Jesus, uh, the Father, and the Holy Ghost. Okay, the Son, the Father, and the Holy Ghost. The, God is all of three parts. Okay? okay, yeah, I remember hearing this. All right. See, I remember I had that hypothesis. It was like the past, present, and future kind of thing, but I don't know if that still works, but go ahead. Well, I, that sounds interesting. Okay, but keep going. <laughs> So, so, uh, uh, in, I think it's when Jesus is baptized, a dove like lands on him and it is known as the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know if that's an artist rendition right, or if that's right. actually in the Bible. Right. I don't remember, but basically, uh, the Holy Spirit is of, often symbolized by either a flame above the head, uh, or, um, with, uh, a bird. Which, I had no idea. Which, which is both like as if if I was Christian, I would be offended by either of those images, uh, because they're so distracting. But I'm not. Uh, so, <laughs> so um, but in this game, you play as the Holy Spirit in the form of a bird from Bird Time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's the same bird. <laughs> and uh, God says, uh, "Jesus is in trouble." Uh, you and then the Holy Spirit is like, "Don't worry about it, God. I got, I got this." this. <laughs> and so the Holy Spirit descends from heaven. And it gives you, like, JRPG battle music. As... I wish you had told me while we were playing it that it was represented by a bird and, like, real-life stuff. It would have been... Okay, but go ahead. Uh, so the bird, uh, you know, goes down to the heavens fighting fighting demons on the way that are trying to get in its way. With lightning. With lightning, because God is Zeus. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, so it um, gets down there, and then you approach a, I guess, a Renaissance era... Uh, painting of Jesus on the cross mm. with the uh, the the two people beside him that are also crucified, mm -hmm. and uh, a, the the Holy Spirit basically rescues Christ. Okay, so this is this is another thing that you didn't get because you didn't grow up Christian. Okay, tell me. Okay, so describe the end of this game. So you you it kind of turns into a cutscene. The bird comes down, he shoots lightning on the left, he shoots lightning on the right. Uh, you take Jesus, 
then Jesus goes with you and, and the bird has like a monologue of like, I saved him and all the world went into sin, but heaven was okay. Mm -hmm. The end. Okay. So what this is about is Oh, that, this is something too. Yes. Mm. Is when Jesus is on the cross, he says something to the extent of... I'll get you for this. <laughs> no. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> no, it's fine. I don't care if you're offensive. Okay. So <laughs> it's a stupid religion. So, <laughs> so, uh... Uh, Jesus says something to the extent of, um, uh, Father, you have forsaken me. Uh, God, you have left me to die on this cross. Uh, the, the people are uh, making me suffer. Did I do something wrong kind of deal, right? But if he's God, wouldn't he have known what God's intention? Oh, but sorry, sorry. Well, We're not in this conversation. Well, no, but I mean, the answer to that is yes. Yes, he did. Uh, according to Christian mythology, Jesus did understand the purpose of his own death. But I think that the, for me, what that part of the Bible is about is saying that he was truly suffering as a man. So okay. he was saying, he, like, you can't be fucking nailed to a tree. And be like, I'm and down be with like, this. This is all right. I'm doing my job. Like, <laughs> hey, no. Hey, everybody. At some point, you're going to be like, this Fuck fucking sucks. <laughs> okay. So that's what I get from that line. Um, oh, so this is sort of like an interpretation of what would have happened if God was like, yeah, you're right. This is bullshit. Exactly. So okay. uh, so the, the, the death and resurrection of Christ is incredibly important to the Christian mythology. And it, 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 is, it is what makes Jesus a big deal because Jesus is an innocent sacrifice that was killed because I don't, I have no idea why, but apparently Yahweh requires that things be killed so that things don't go to hell. Okay, okay, so, but, <laughs> let, let, but let, let's not go too far into but, this. But my point on this is that uh, Christianity, there's a huge amount of severity put on this action of, of uh, Jesus dying on the cross for your sins and cleansing us all because of his suffering. Okay? Right, right, right. In and the game, in this game, the win state is, no, <laughs> Holy Ghost manages to save Jesus right in the nick of time. <laughs> All is okay. Uh, Everything's okay. So basically, the 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 win state of this is that all of humanity is damned for all of eternity. Congratulations! I thought that was really funny. See, I didn't know why you thought it was so funny. I didn't have all the references. Yeah, yeah. But you know, this is I put it in the same category of as like making serious things seem ridiculous kind mm -hmm. of thing, and it and it feels that way, but it's. So much funnier it, knowing all of the context. It, it is it is it is taking arbitrary authority far enough that it becomes absurd. Like that that is one of the senses of humor, and th this would probably be a good time to go to Teeth of Fury. Okay, okay, let's do it. So Teeth of Fury is a is a a, a lesser example of this uh, of that authority because so? it's a dentist. Okay. Okay. When I was I was working in Sears in Hawaii. And I was talking to someone who kind of reminds me of you and their attitude towards things. Uh, what is that my I attitude with. towards things? You see through bullshit really well. Oh, okay, um, so nothing bad. So, uh, and they were talking about how they need to go to the dentist. And they were getting quotes from the dentist. And I was like, quotes? You're going to, like, like you're calling multiple dentists and asking how much it's going to be? And she goes, they're nothing but glorified salesmen. And the thing is, I have to go to them because no one else is going to work on my teeth. <laughs> I love that sense of authority. Like, it's very realistic. It's mm. like, yes, mm. 
dentists are necessary, right? Right. Uh, but they're not necessary. They're ne- They're they're. It's like there. There's a certain. Um. What do you mean they're not necessary? They're, they they are. Who else is gonna work on your teeth? Well, you know, you could you could lose your teeth, suffer, get sick, and die, right? Like, I mean, they're not necessary. They're 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 a certain level of luxury. It's just okay. that they're they're a very foundational level of luxury. Uh, that you take for granted. That you take yeah you take it for granted and it becomes a sense of authority, and so. To me, Teeth of Fury is largely about the dental authority. It's not It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a tendency socially. Which is funny because to me, Teeth of Fury was, uh, again, making a serious thing funny. Like, in this game, the plaque on the teeth are, are like, out of control and you have to shrink down as a dentist and, like, kill the teeth. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because, like... They plaque, become sentient. Yeah. Plaque is not... Plaque is actually pretty dangerous. Uh, it can, it can, it can hurt you. Like Clyde forces me to floss. Like, and so I think it, it's like taking something that is like, how can it really be dangerous? Like, no, it's not really gonna hurt you. We don't really have to floss. This is stupid. I, why would it really be that bad for you? I felt like it was like making fun of the idea that something so small and so insignificant, banal. yeah, mm-hmm. really has that much power, but it actually does. It. it, it there's there's a disconnect with you know things like statistical understandings and uh you know good habits and car wrecks like they're, they're, you know what i'm saying like they they uh one of the things about uh video games video games tend to and this is not just video games this is tv and this is movies and this is all narratives that there's a tendency to focus on the dramatic because it's easy to identify. It's easy to say that guy got shot. That's important. That's severe. That's mm. going to really matter compared to um, a story where the the main conflict is that they end up with gingivitis. Like yeah. those are those are the things that actually affect a lot of us in uh, luxurious living. Um, but they're hard. They're never really depicted as serious not serious but like uh a visceral um it's an inconvenience it's not a real danger it's something you have to you have to prevent through routine mm. rather than through martial arts <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> and and so and so it's interesting to see something of that ilk treated with a jrpg style battle system I see. of any sort in yeah. a video game um and it kind of like gives you it takes all of the associations of combat in video games yeah and places them on dental hygiene which is fucking funny yeah yeah it's it's pretty ridiculous and and it is funny to think about like something something dangerous that isn't really a danger and you have the power to stop it as a dentist like yeah (laughs) fuck i'm a dentist i'm a dentist yeah. it's like being a fireman right? yeah but then in the end the dentist wasn't strong enough and it won yeah so spoilers spoilers and the, and the other game there was another game that was like that in what way like what uh, nail gazer was the same kind of thing uh only because but you didn't have this association is this hygiene yeah well uh health 
Okay. Like there was so many health angles in this See, kind this, of thing. This is Chrissy told me what this game was about, and I was like. I've never heard of none of that. <laughs> well, see, I don't know if this person, the person who made the games knew about it either, but the the picture that the games were based off of was of a close-up of a fingernail, and it said, like, uh, look closer at this. And I can't, Man. I, I can't remember if it was, like, you know, for the reason why you should look closer at it, but it was telling you to it's look gonna closer. It's going to change your life. It's going to change your <laughs> life. Okay, you remember because you played it more recently. Well, it's not only that. Uh, there's there's another there's another technique that I see being used in a lot of these games. That I do you mind if I no go ahead. Um. So uh, earlier in earlier in the week we were playing some visual novels um, that have come out that are not in you this game. You mean kinetic jam. novels? No, visual novels. We were playing them. Yes. What was it? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. But we were. It seemed like we played. We ended up playing. The beginnings of a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, one thing that struck me about them was that uh, when you press enter in order to advance the dialogue, mm-hmm. it would give you a nice little a sound that tells you that, you know, like an iPhone sound. Like, oh, you pressed the button, like a click. Um, and then when we started playing uh, these games, I started noticing in uh, One Minute to Live, which we've already discussed, the one with death. Mm-hmm. Uh, Every time you advance the dialogue with death, it's a fucking bell toll. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like, boom, boom, like, <laughs> and it, and it provides such voice to it. It's it's like this is what's talking to you. The associations you have with a bell toll, like, cinematically. I love that. I think that's really clever. And um, uh, in uh, Nailgazer, uh, you're typically not going to get much sound when you advance through the dialogue but so it it goes something like hey man uh you should totally look at my nails like really look at them man because <laughs> it's like the way i read read the voice in that game is it's kind of like a stoner telling you <laughs> hey man uh, hey man so um uh you're like why would i look at your nails and he goes because it'll change boom, your boom, life like every time you press it, it's just one word, and it gives you that that percussive element. I think the use of that is not to be taken for granted because when we were playing the visual novels earlier uh... in the in the week, I wasn't engaged at all. Even and even though this was largely and you just kept talking about dialogue. how important sound would be to help create the engagement, I remember you talking about that. So, and you're so, right; it does make. It does focus you on each word yeah. when it makes that noise. It gives it this awesome tone. Mm. Okay, so I guess we should continue talking about what nail gazer is. Oh yeah, so so in real life, what the picture was about, or what what is associated normally with looking deeper at your nails to change your life, is that you can diagnose different sicknesses from the color or the texture of your nails. An example. An example would be is if you have like little holes, like little pock marks in your nails. Pock marks, like what do you mean, like eaten through? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like if you have like little dents in them, it can be like I read because I dents. Yeah, or like, let's do an easier one. No, uh, no, I want to know about these. Then it surprises you. Do would I know. have them? No, you don't have them. You would know. Uh, like what? How would I know? Because it's obvious. I'll show you a picture when we're done with the show. Okay. Uh, another one 
was if you have white, if mo your nails are mostly white, what was it, like diabetes? I don't remember. Really? There was a ton of them. Yeah, I was reading them to you today. Well, I wasn't listening. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you can go online and read all these things to make you freaked out when you look <laughs> at your nails. And, uh, and uh, so that's what I think their reference was. But, of course, they took it literally. Like, look deeper in your nails, and then you go into a scene where you're like... You're actually zooming into... into the microcosm the, of your nails. You're zooming into the into the image file itself, right? Like, yeah. it, it becomes more and more, um, like, a lower resolution and a lower resolution as you zoom in. Yeah, and it's just, like, little ridiculous scenes, like... Mm -hmm. Uh, they're the horses that are the same horses from a different or, or, when, yeah, when we saw the horses. horses like so when you gaze into the nails you see like horses <laughs> just horses roaming around uh, well no they roam in that pattern see this is the thing about talking about one specific person's games they all move in that same pattern oh uh, you want to talk about this pattern we should go ahead and talk about this this pattern, pattern happens in every game not every game but almost it happens every in a lot game of them. Yeah, it's like the same pattern that the birds had in the in the no. bird. Yeah, it's like no. that left, right, up, down, side to side. No, both of them are grid based, but I do not. I think it's distinctly different than the bird thing. And this and this is going to be something that we'll never agree on now that I realize it because never. Well, the reason is because you don't think that the birds are trying to go into the center, right? Uh, but but a lot of things, a lot of things. In this game, I guess we'll either act like the birds, mm -hmm. like in Shifty Lights, or act like the uh, the uh, horses, let's, like in the couch game. Let's talk about the Shifty Lights. Uh, Are we going to come back? Yes, we're going to come back, but I'm talking about this pattern specifically. Okay. In Shifty Lights, the yellow... Shifty Lights is a screensaver game where there is uh, squares of color that are moving to a MIDI tune... And it is like one is of those, MIDI? yeah, yeah. Uh, and it and it's like one of those relaxing hypnosis kind of songs with the lights. You feel like you're going into a trance. That's interesting. That's I'm, what I wrote I, about it. That's interesting. I don't remember what the music sounded like, but I enjoy your description. Yeah, I read that it was like a a, a MIDI tune, the kind that you associate with with like the square moving like. You're going into a hypnosis, and you're watching this, and you're relaxed. There's like almost like this beach sound, like waves crashing in the background. It's total like a hypnosis. I, I just remember state. liking the music, but I don't remember it being mm. a MIDI. It's a MIDI. I wrote it down when we played this last. Time. <laughs> so take my okay, report. Okay, but uh, the 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 pattern of the the yellow part of that screensaver pattern. Um, is acting like birds in bird time, where it seems to me that it's trying to kind of... It, it acts in, exactly like the birds in bird time. ...get into the center of each other, and only the ones on the outside can move at all in order to adjust themselves. Right. But the purples, blues, and pinks in that game move that are in the background... Move up and down and side to side. Yeah, they move up and down and side to side. And to me, the I think it's largely because of the large resolution mm -hmm. of those squares i associate it with um you know like in kindergarten when they take construction paper and you sh and you uh cut it into strips and then you weave them oh yeah totally that is what it's it, like to me it's like those and then those weaves are those threads of those weaves those thick threads are, are being, being moved pulled. yeah pulled yeah. in different directions and actually if we were talking about themes that's a huge thing that happens in all of their games 
is that there's a grid yep. with layers of movement of different colors ish mm -hmm. sometimes uh, most gradients. Of these, most of these backdrops are not static. They they uh they have a, a lot of a lot of this general um well distributed slight movement. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. so nail gazer uh oh, the yeah. horses that you approach as ga while gazing into someone's nails um they're the same from dream horses yeah these horses are moving in that uh uh stitching pattern weaving pattern oh yeah yeah they're Where, moving like left right side to side in a random way it's kind of like there's two layers of horses and i mean isn't it we're we're like it's kind of like there's two layers two grids of horses and one will be moving in one way and the other will be moving the other yeah. way. Yeah. But not as bad as in the horse gaze the horse game. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Cuz yeah, in it's... the horse game it really is like they were super connected. And this one there seems to be a lot more wandering. Yeah, it's more like the couch game where whatever that little ball was is just kind of like Yeah. It's like little chess pieces, little chess little horses. Chess moves, chess moves, yeah. chess moves. So um when I saw the horses, my immediate reaction was like this reminds me of a Kurt Vonnegut story. Oh, yeah. But I tried to look for it, and I found nothing. Like, for some reason, I had this Do you memory. remember anything about the story? Well, let me tell you about my false memory. Okay, tell uh, me. For some reason, I remember a Kurt Vonnegut story where it's like they examined something very, very closely. And maybe it was... What's the one where uh, the Chinamen shrink themselves? Slapstick? Did that Slapstick? I was gonna say not. I don't remember. It's been too long since I've read there, all those. There's books. there's one of the stories where uh, China develops. That doesn't happen. A technology time. that shrinks themselves so that they can increase their population. Mm. And so what ends up happening is spoilers for Vonnegut. Uh, what ends up happening is that they shrink themselves down to a small enough Slapstick. size that they become a disease because they're microorganisms that start infecting people uh then there's another vonnegut story where um an entire armada of spaceships is swallowed by a dog when trying to invade earth because they didn't take into account the difference in scale mm. and i think that maybe those two memories kind of mixed into, into thinking that there's a Vonnegut story where examining, like, microorganisms on, like, a desk was a bunch of horses. <laughs> <laughs> but the horses specifically was involved? For some reason, I'd think of the horses, yeah. And, okay. And e either way, I think that there's a similar sense of humor between those three stories, mm. the, the horses and the two Vonnegut stories. Yeah, yeah. So, so for each layer of the nail you look closer in... There's something ridiculous. So when you go into the horses, there's even like a Western theme. Oh, yeah. Song the like. Dur, nur, 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 nur. So that one I thought was a MIDI originally. I thought it was a, I thought it was like something that was taken from, you know, it sounds so incredibly generic that you would assume that it was taken from something online. Mm -hmm. But I think that that might be original music. Oh, really? The, the, uh, the pace of the, 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 um, what do you call it? The intonation of, of the notes suggests to me that uh it was actually recorded which is kind of cool to me so you go through that and then what's the name oh the cat like, cafe no that's last 
Uh, oh, it's the a little, little country of little men. Yeah, and it's sort of like a almost like royal sound, like do 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 There's little medieval people moving around, and you know the narrator's constantly reminding you that this is all happening on their fingernail. Yeah, but gosh, it's so hard to catch these things. They move so fast in order to proceed. Oh yeah, that's true. And then you and then you end up in a cat cafe, which where cats are partying. Where cats are partying. We we enjoyed that one because we have a fantasy of going to Korea and going, going to, to a cat cafe. Yeah, yeah, it, it was really cool. And then, uh, um, and then the last layer. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you uh, meet a bunch of yous, which well, uh, it asks you if you want to jump in a hole. Clyde said no, but you can't progress. <laughs> If you don't. Uh, yeah, you jump in a hole. You decide to go deeper. And uh, this brings you into a, a dungeon of some sort um, with many characters that look exactly like you that say, oh, no, you're here, too. Uh, you listen to that evil sorcerer? We've all been trapped in this nail. Okay, so this this um brings up a subject that I see in, in these games. And uh, it's this idea of being trapped or managing to escape through through awareness oh yeah because like horse in the plant you get trapped at the end uh it's I, like I oh by a sorcerer horse in the plant with this one really because you get trapped by a sorcerer at the end of horse okay. in the plant i don't in nail gazer i don't see you i don't think you're getting trapped by a sorcerer i know that happens narratively because a character tells you that yeah but to me what you get trapped in is detail like you are examining detail oh, more I know and this. more and more. And because it's a stoner, that a stoner kind of voice that gives this to you, I get like, I have an association of psychedelics mm. uh, giving the protagonist uh, a need to look farther and farther into detail. And then that detail becoming some sort of... Um, trap that you can you can just continue to look at it forever right and get lost in the it, detail and not progress it's a spiraling shape the that 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 the more you examine it the more trapped you become like a uh, like finger you, cuffs what gets you trapped though what is being trapped like uh curiosity but I, it doesn't really work entirely with the mechanics of this game because to be honest there's no you don't have the option you know you don't you can't say no. Right. You don't I'm not re- going to do this. But right. in a way, don't you also not have the option whenever you're in that state? Like you personally? What option? Of not getting sucked into the small detail? Um It's not it's not so much a matter of saying yes or no. It's a matter of uh there being a particular paranoia. And that p- paranoia being, I'm becoming too invested in this thing, and I will not be able to escape. I'm becoming too too curious, and so I'm not going to be willing to uh, to uh, move forward. And that paranoia, to me, is communicated in this game. It's this... You know, I didn't understand that interpretation earlier, but now I'm really glad that I listened to you this time, because that's really interesting. Uh, can I bring up another game? I got that same impression from Cat Eyes. Um, so, in should I describe what Cat Eyes is like? Yes. Uh, Cat Eyes. In Cat Eyes, you uh, are moving around a. It has that same shifting square dungeon-y. background of 
but with cat eyes on top of it. Like, little, is it shifting? You maybe it's not shifting. It's just the eyes on top of the I squares. Think, I think on I the think grids. all of the navigable area is black. No, it's cat eyes. You're navigating over cat eyes. Okay, okay, like different colored cat eyes. Okay, so in in cat eyes, you're kind of like going through a very small dungeon-ish type of thing, mm-hmm. and there's a couple of cats in each room, and I think even um, when you move to a room. Uh, you get a different song. You do. You get a different song in every room. And and all of those songs are um, kind of really simple and playful. Kind of playful in the sense of you just got an instrument and you're just kind of tapping down some notes and it's kind of fun. That's the feeling I got for a minute. Anyway. Okay. And uh, so whenever you walk up to a cat, uh, um, when you press this space bar, I think it is. Yeah. Um. It's, it gives you a single message, and all of the messages are things like, we are trapped in the dream gate. Or, no, th- this is the dream gate. Uh, we are all trapped in here. I'm lost. If um, you gather us all up. We can leave. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you're in this sort of limbo that seems... The cat eyes are watching us. The cat, yeah. And the way I interpreted that limbo was that you're in this... You're in a particular awareness state. Mm. So See, I thought it was asleep. Well, it, it is. It is because it's like at the end of the game when you when you're successful, the uh, the win state is. It says, and you woke up and everything looked different, mm. right? Mm. So I feel like, in a, in a way, the nail gazer game where you're going down deeper and deeper and deeper, and then becoming trapped in this dungeon of awareness, like you can't see outside of the detail. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're trapped there. I kind of feel like that's where Cat Eyes starts. Is is like you're you're kind of like in this. Okay, play. so you've fallen into the hole of being in in the thing, and right. Cat Eyes. And in, 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 in the way you the way you get out is like by you know kind of like well, in in the most simplistic symbol of this like through love. <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> like you you. You, uh, if we all believe, if we, yeah, yeah, if we all clap we all, our hands yeah. together and we all like, kind of like, you know, it, if we do, you know, no person left behind, kind of right. show our show our compassion for each other and our develop faith will carry love, us through. We will wake up out of this trapped awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything you want to talk about, Cat Eyes? Be- I, I want to move to something else. Oh, go ahead. I don't have anything uh, to say about Cat Eyes. Um, Unknown Planet. Okay. Unknown Planet also gave me this kind of sensation but it's a different angle on it uh so an unknown planet um you're a little uh colored cube that navigates an abstract gridded environment but you have gone to another planet that has been sending radio oh, right. waves that nobody believes is inhabited so you're going to check things out right yes and this is what Chrissy is describing there is the exposition that happens at the beginning of the game which is done through dot through uh, lines of um, words, mm-hmm. and that's another excellent example of using a uh, 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 what, there's a word for it, a sound that is used to kind of like punctuate. Pr- yeah, there's a word for it. I don't, I don't stinger. Know. Is it, that uh, really the word? I think so. So it, it's got there's a sound being used for each advancement of the lines. Okay. And um, it's kind of like boom, boom. Is it really? Yeah. I didn't go back and play this one, did I? And uh, so what it 
ends up communicating to me is is again this sense of like important this is yeah this is epic this is epic the, the first time i played it i i i found myself reading it with the in a world voice like <laughs> oh yeah we we got signals from a planet you kept saying there's gonna space. be a title screen yeah 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 it's like uh from a planet boom distant boom in far away in space boom yeah it was like that we received radio signals that seemed to give some amount of you know sentience to them boom, boom. and then and then i'm like I, I told christy i'm like i'm just waiting for the title screen because he says, was reading it in that voice and then it says uh uh and so i decided to go boom to the unknown planet, planet. And there was the title screen. uh the second time i read it i actually got it more of like uh more of a sense of like a, a um a narrator at the beginning of a movie rather than an actual trailer. Oh, okay. Kind of like we thought that we would know, boom, but we didn't know, boom. <laughs> but it still sounds like trailer music. <laughs> it's true. It does. You're right. I did that no justice. That yeah. argument just completely fell. I know. Away. I was like, thanks for making that. Um, so you end up in this abstract environment as an as as a um, gridded environment with kind of like um pastel. Uh, dirty pastels um, that are low resolution on a grid, but there's a lot of symmetry involved. Some of the screens don't have symmetry, but as you're, it is like you're an, it is like an explorer kind of game mm -hmm. because each level is each room that you go in looks different ish than the other one, and you have limited movement. Almost like a a quilt, like a how so? The well the. <laughs> Not not the movement being like a quilt, but the the levels kind of look quiltish. The only one I really remember, well, there are bright colors and squared patterns, but you go into the one with the water and you can't go into the water. Right. And, and then uh, I can't remember where you go after that. You go through this like cave kind of area and then you go through the village. Okay. And then you go into the uh But see, for me, building. this game was hard because... There was so much traveling mm -hmm. and so little feedback with the traveling. It was a it it was too much traveling for me to keep interest. It's like there's a punchline at the end almost, or you know, like well, I there's mean, like a reason. Yeah, there's like a beginning and an end, but there's nothing in the middle that connects them, in my opinion. This is this is something that me and Chrissy find ourselves disagreeing on because I there's something about the actual mechanics of this game that um yeah really he was like you really have to move around in order to experience the game but it didn't I think we benefit might, i think we might be able to talk about the dress right now <laughs> Let's i do think it. that might happen is this gonna the, happen is the, this the, us the, showing our different perspectives well well because when you're saying that i'm like you know what what if fucking those colors that are used in this game make it so that you can navigate it easily and I have a hard time? Well, I watched you navigate it. I knew what the the boundaries were. Maybe that's why. Well, no, because even when I go back and play it the second time... It was time, super easy to navigate. It's not, it's not that it's... Like, I don't get stuck. But it's every time I play that game, I... Okay, so... I, I need to describe the visual aesthetic a little more to explain what's going on here. Okay. So the the screen is composed of squares that are the same size as the player. Mm -hmm. And those squares might have, you know, two in a row uh, to create a pattern. Um, but 
you there's no identifiable objects in this game and so well with the exception of huts and little people so but uh as, as you're as you're moving around Wait, don't you like fall into like some water and build a vine or something in the you, water that's not real yeah but if you just looked at that without it telling you what it is you wouldn't really know what it is you'd know the water no no uh, you don't think so it looks like you're separated oh, by oh, water oh you mean the blue to the left yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah that's fair uh but as you're navigating around this game it's like you're kind of moving through channels from a top you're in it's kind of like you're top down moving through a, a, a labyrinth of a sort and the thing is you can't easily dis distinguish what is a wall and what is navigable space and this is really appealing to me because I don't know. I don't know why, but as I'm, how as, can you not tell? The only way I can, like, when I look at it, I I see, I see, you know, my player, and I can tell that I'm moving my player, and I can see, oh, okay, I move against this wall, and that wall is not navigable. It's a, it's a barrier, and so then I look at that color throughout the entire screen, and I say, this color in the entire screen is now non-navigable. Mm. I realize this now. Um. Which is interesting because I find myself pushing against it later. Um, there, it, it, it's like it's like they. I have five hat. Didn't use typical designations of player space in player obstacle. Kind of like in the other games where it's you're walking on a path and you can tell what the plants and the in the rocks are as barriers. Right. Versus this is just colored patterns and you can't tell. Which patterns are represent go and which patterns represent stop. But to me, it seems obvious which patterns are representing go and which. Really? Yeah, because you're moving along a pattern. <laughs> I mean, the obstacles, I could tell what the obstacles were in, unless I, if I ran into one, especially. But it yeah. seemed like there was a clear path. Okay, see, and this is why I say... You wonder... We get to talk about the dress, okay. and it's absolutely relevant. I apologize to, this. to the world for us doing this. So, uh, so on the internet, all of all of the cool people probably ignored this, myself included. Uh, on like Twitter and shit, you know, everyone's talking about the fucking blue. So and gold I keep being dress. like, "What's going on with this dress thing?" And, and uh, so, and I like to watch YouTube videos through the Xbox. And everyone refers to it as the dress. They don't talk about the actual color of the dress when referring to it online. So I'm like, it's uh, just white balance. I'm like, yeah, it's just a matter of white balance. Like I, I, I looked at it and I said, oh, that's like when with one of our old camcorders, when you look. Uh, when you take a picture of a, something under fluorescent light, you're going to end up with bad white balance unless you readjust it. Uh, and that those that, that light blue is white. So I'm watching YouTube videos on the Xbox, and I come across one with this dress. And I'm like, why? I keep seeing people talk about this dress. Let's watch this video. And Clyde's like, ha ha, white balance. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, why are people talking about this dress? It doesn't even make any sense. Like, why, why are they so interested in white balance? And I think this is when I was, like, talking about it being black. You said that it's black and blue. And I'm like... <laughs> and I didn't even... I didn't even understand why people were saying the words black and blue. Like, as I'm looking <laughs> through my Twitter feed and people are talking about the dress, every once in a while I see people say black and blue, but I have no idea why. And like, this is where Clyde never has a me. fit. I'm like, 
Did you just set up just as black and blue? <laughs> like a literal fit. And we ended up having like an hour long of. We even watched a BuzzFeed video. <laughs> we watched BuzzFeed. Okay. Time's got tough in this house. <laughs> so, so. So you it, wonder if this is us having a different view of colors that's and correct. patterns? Because you you seem to be able to determine the path easily. Yeah. Whereas when I play this game, I do not determine the path. Yeah, easily. because Clyde was like, "You'll think different about this game." If you if actually, because right. we take turns controlling it and the other one watches. So he thought that my disinterest in the area in between the beginning and the end was based off of me not controlling it. Right. So I took a turn controlling it and just went right through it. Right. And then there, I didn't understand. It, it's not even, it's not even that I can't, like, okay, so when I run up against a wall, I can see that it's an obstacle and I can see that color throughout it. And I know that that is going to be consistent. But for some reason, I find myself wanting to go into every part of the navigable space and pressing against every one of those tiles. I don't know why. Really? Yeah, it's like it's like I'm a fucking cat, <laughs> and like you're moving something in front of me. I, there's it's it's not it's not every game either. This particular game makes me want to push against every obstacle that's so weird and experiencing that art in that way is really yeah yeah a, i can see why you were much more excited about this game than i was so my main point wanting to get to this is that narratively what happens in this game is that you go uh and um ex to examine uh radio waves that mm -hmm. are sentient and then you end up basically they kind of capture you-ish. Yeah, and they get-ish is a good one. And then there's a tribunal, and then they determine that you are to be turned into radio waves. Where you're like a god now. Where you're a god, yeah. And you and you and there's a there's an epilogue where you, as radio waves, are communicating to the world that you should also come to the siren's kind call, of, right? Kind of lonely. And, and, and enjoy being radio waves and how... Okay, so the reason that I think that this is related to Nailgazer and to uh cat was it cat eyes mm -hmm. is because the end state of this game is that you gain a type of awareness that changes your entire being okay okay so it's interesting so to me that is a that is a th theme throughout multiple of these games from this game jam that i found myself really attracted to and and fascinated by i can see that i can okay so let's see if there's another game like where you gain awareness. I mean, maybe not really. <laughs> I'm looking at <laughs> well, I mean, the I, list. I, I, when when I when we were going through like possible categories of the game, I was considering that. I think the the best possible. Um, I think Couch Friends is going to be the closest. Yeah. Okay. So in Couch, I put this in the bad poem uh, section. This Couch Friends is so good. It, it it's funny uh it it's almost like a screensaver except for you press the space bar to go through it it's kinetic but the yeah but the background is always pretty much the same there's the birds that saved jesus mm -hmm. and then there are like it's flies. like yeah flies and then what looks like to me it's like some sort of cracker Mm. And then there's like these red balls that move in that bird or in the horse pattern of mm -hmm. like you know the chest uh, horse. You saw red balls. Yeah, or you know, like uh, I don't know what color they were. Well, dark balls. The 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 darkish red that I saw in that 
in that game, I assumed was kind of like just a fabric texture. Well, the last time we played it, I but, saw the movement of the ball doing the the horse movement. What color do you visualize the couch being? Red. Okay, me too. Yeah. But it was like similar to the couch color. Oh, they, they, oh, these are actually separate from it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't it understand. was like the flies and everything else. Oh, okay. And then as you, as you, um, it kind of scrolls down and you hit the space bar to get a poem about how you're sinking into the couch. And it's sort of like, you know, one of those universals, like, oh God, I've been laying here all day. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, become the couch. I'm so lazy. Yeah. Kind of experience. It, uh, I think it's important to point out the music. Um, the music is a, it's a descending scale. Uh, very slowly. Oh yeah, I wrote cycles. droning kind of William S. Burroughs music. It's kind of like da, do, 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 and it continues longer than you would expect it to. Yeah. And so as as the screen's sinking while that's happening, those two elements really play against each uh, play well to complement each other. The music really works in this game. Uh. You feel like you are sinking, sinking. Like it, it, yeah, but, the music really creates no, that sensation. There's no panic to it. It's more like you know. I'm so lazy. Yeah, you just ate some lotus. Like <laughs> you're you're ready to stay for a while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like butter melting into bread. I'm disappearing. <laughs> um. Okay, so the reason that I think that this is uh, a close relation to uh, the state being a change of awareness, the, the narrative ending with a change of awareness, is because the last line before the poem starts repeating, and it is important that the poem starts repeating. Yeah, because you're doing it forever. This is an infinite. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the infinite is represented. Um, but the last line before it starts repeating is, um, I need nothing. I have become the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm paraphrasing, to be honest. I'm not sure if that's the actual it's, line. But it's, it's like that. It's though. like that. And so, this is ego loss. I mean, to me, when I read that line, I'm like, "This is ego loss. This is this is mm. this is the the state of losing your reference points of being a single entity and becoming unified with everything." That's uh, interesting. And it's a, okay. So I, that's I, the same as on the planet. Whenever you become light. Or Correct. whatever radio becoming waves. Becoming radio waves. But in but becoming radio waves is kinda glamorous. Yeah, becoming the couch becoming is kinda couch, dirty. <laughs> yeah, becoming the couch is being is basically, you know, being one with the filth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time I've accepted that I'm gross. But 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 being one with the filth is a higher awareness like Yeah. From my perspective anyway. Just let go and accept what's happening. Correct. To you. Yes. It, the the you, you know, I, I don't need to floss anymore. Like, <laughs> I'm here. I'm just going to lay here all day. I'm and... just part of nature. Yeah. I'm going, I only have one minute to live, you know, when you just think of one minute as being anything. Like, to, to me, all of these games, not all of them, but the majority of these games have a certain sensibility of, like, acceptance of existence. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, like, or like, of your circumstance. Yeah, they're, they're, they're existential coming from nihilism. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can I guess, we, yeah. Can we talk about the nihilistic game in the bunch? Yeah. Is that the dark game by a twisted soul? <laughs> you know it is. Oh, my gosh. So the, I know we haven't been talking a lot about what these games are based off of, 
But this one is based off of a really bad... Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say bad. This this is based off of a poem that was found online that reminds me of, like... I don't know how long it's been since anybody's read Highlights, but I really enjoy reading Highlights. You, it reminds me of Highlights. It reminds me of a Highlights poem. How long has it been since you've read Highlights? Not long. I mean... No, dude. The couch is, like... <laughs> the couch poem is really, like, a Highlights poem. Okay, that's fair. But this one is, like... Today was like any other day, but it smelled worse and it Dude, felt worse. And... I'm sorry, no. Parents would not let a child send that poem to Highlights. They <laughs> it, would seek help. Yeah, but see, it's Highlight-esque. It's, it's like every sentence is like an idea. I mean, it's so basic. Mm. Like, today was the kind of day Confident. where it rained more. Today, everything smelled funny. I mean, it was like the way the lines came out, it was like almost childish. Or honest. Yeah, exactly. But in like a goth kind of like... Totally. Uh, uh, well, there's a nihilism nihil to that yeah. poem, for sure. So in this game, the, <laughs> it's so funny that I didn't realize this until the second playthrough. The, in, in the poem is the prompt for this game. Yeah, the poem is the prompt for this game. Uh, that the music starts and it's like this backwards guitar. And then he's like saying that poem, but it's sort of like echoey. Isn't the music like, what's the music like? I don't remember. It's really intense, isn't I it? I wrote, music is guitar backwards. Yeah, it was, it was the poem. super loud and shit, I think. Yeah, yeah. And it's like those shifting squares and there's all these things in it, like ghosts and skeletons and like these red things. And if you go up to one and press the space bar, they'll say God is dead. <laughs> oh, that's the priest. If you ask the, if you talk to the priest, he says God is dead. Oh, all kinds of people say God is dead. I don't think so. I think so. Oh, I could be wrong, but I think some of the red things say it. Okay. And they change the screen to all red. And then, like, a different poem shows up in sections in the background that's, like, one of these depressed poems. Uh, Chrissy noticed that the audio of it is, like, slowed down reading of the poem. Of the original of poem. The, of the prompt. That. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. But it's funny because it's, like, everything dark you can think of. Like, it's that poem and the backwards music and the god is it, dead. It's a very the... specific darkness. Is that, yeah. It's that German nihilistic guy <laughs> darkness. Yeah, like, you know, skeletons and stuff. Wait, 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 what's that I didn't movie? even know there was... There's a, mov there's a movie where it's like... Oh. Well, I don't... You gotta give me some uh, details. There's a movie where, where it's like, movie. I am the darkness. Like, where, where, like, he goes to, like, a coffee shop or something and, like, has a guy read it and it's like... Did I watch it? It's got, I don't know. It, it's it's a German accent reading a poem very similar to the prompt. I did not watch this. Okay, <laughs> but the, the, I guess my point is that there's there's this there's a stereotype mm. of like German nihilism. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, and like you know, my soul is as dark as the darkest darkness. As like, this coffee. <laughs> as this coffee. <laughs> and this. I feel like this game is kind of making fun of it a little oh, bit. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's like they tried to think of everything that they could put in it. Yeah, but guess what? This game is made fun of it in such a way that can only be made fun of it by someone who's actually experienced you it. Think so? I do. And at the end, it's like you come up to like a demon who's like, everything you ever do doesn't matter because you're going to die anyway. Uh, so that's the end. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's. It is. It is nihil. It is typifying nihilism, like to such a stereotypical degree that it's like funny. Yeah. Uh. uh there is something I want to talk to talk about with this game. Okay. What is it? The um the inclusion of the this is what I wrote down in my notebook. Mm -hmm. The inclusion of the source material 
in direct references versus the tone of the art chosen assets in mechanic. It was very interesting to me in this game. So you have the the poem of the prompt being read mm -hmm. um, audibly. Mm -hmm. Then you have um, this music, which is like, uh, I don't grading. remember. Grading. Yeah, grading, kind of like slow metal, I guess. Yeah, they uh, were this person who made these games was really into backwards music, too. Mm. Uh, then you have RPG Maker assets, skeletons, <laughs> a, a devil type of villain creature. Oh, yeah, like these priest. red, like, ghost-looking things. They're, like, yeah. they're like gumdrop-shaped, like, ghost representations. Some sort of, like, ghoul or zombie type yeah. of thing. And you're, like, a skeleton, too, right? No, you, no, no, no. You are... You are the blackest of blackness. You are darkness itself. Oh yeah. Yeah, you are. You are a little creature that is comprised of no light. <laughs> <laughs> See, I couldn't even find me the first playthrough. Uh, so um, what I'm fascinated by with it with is, so you have you have assets that I assumably I have five hat actually made for the game, mm -hmm. and then you have assets that I have five hat seems to have searched out to put into the game mm -hmm. searched out being like looking through a pool of available defaults mm -hmm. um the way those two mix in this one is really interesting to me because it's done successfully but i don't it, it's kind of like it's kind of like the theme is well known enough through our artistic consciousness and culture yeah that he can take a bunch of things, or he he can find what he needs from the what I assume are the default assets. Mm -hmm. Add like dark backgrounds that are kind of creepy, spooky, and then actually read the poem in a slow playback, and it successfully communicates the stereotype to me. <laughs> And I, it, Do you feel the, like if one of those elements were missing, it wouldn't successfully communicate the stereotype? No. I don't think that all of them are essential. But the fact that they... So the RPG Maker uh, default assets, or what I assume are them, are kind of cartoonish, right? Mm -hmm. and, you, and you look at them and you say, okay, this is totally some sprite that would be used in a JRPG. Okay. Uh, that would typically take me out of the experience. And, and oh, I see. But the way that they combine them, even though it was like these goofy, uh, I would call them almost like clip arty, yeah, versions yeah. of this. It works in the game. In like Unknown Planet has none of that. Right. Well, uh, no, it kind of does. You have like the weird vine in the water, and I don't think any of those items are realistic. Oh, yeah, nothing's realistic. Yeah. I thought you were saying these weren't realistic either. These were also, like, cartoon versions of scary things. But that still uh, communicates the scary not, thing. Not real. Uh, realism is the wrong word. Representational is what I meant. I don't I don't see the oh, I see. the art in uh, Unknown Planet being representational. Okay. Can I ask you the halftime question? Oh, yeah, okay. So you want to take a break right now, huh? Well, I mean, yes, I want to. I want to change our. Um, I I just I just fucking crashed. So. Oh, should we stop? No, 
Unless okay. you want to. No, I'm happy. Uh, I want to go into the halftime question because I need to get my level of excitement back up. Okay, so I don't know if you listened to the last episode, but we decided we were going to start asking each other questions. This is a really long episode also, but uh, we were going to ask each other questions during the middle. So uh, you want to ask your question or you want me to ask mine? Which would you prefer? Uh, I want dealer's choice. <laughs> All right, I want to. Uh, I want you to ask yours. Ouch. Okay. Oh, so uh, here's my background. Like a month ago, someone asked me what games I was playing, and I were, I only play these games with you right now. These are the only games I'm playing. So I tried to explain this to a person. You're not playing anything else. No. All of my time is spent categorizing Kaisu for the world. I'm busy. So. uh... So I tried to explain these games to said person, and I left them with a negative impression, not on purpose. I was actually trying to say, like, how interesting they were, mm -hmm. but... What was their reaction? But their reaction was, oh, so they're not games, they're apps. What does that even mean? Uh, like, you're not playing something. It was right after we had played City Lights and FMR. okay so you were oh so and i used those as examples so they were saying it's a screensaver yeah they're like you're not even playing real games and they were like i only play top 100 games was no. there but see i wanted i'm in the mood i'm in the mood to challenge that okay but you gotta listen to my question okay i had a very difficult time because i haven't figured out how to categorize what this genre is mm -hmm. enough to explain it to another person so i want to hear what you would say if someone asked you to explain these, what are you playing? Am I comfortable with this person? Yes. Okay. And, and... I don't have to worry about hurting their feelings? No, and I want to... <laughs> honey. And I want to leave a good impression. I don't want someone going away from me talking about these games thinking that I'm just... Because at first they were like, oh, like indie games? Nope. And I was like, no. I want to know how to talk about it where... At least, even if they don't want to play them, I haven't left a negative impression. So how would you talk? Because your whole goal of all of this, even in this podcast, is to expose people to these games so that mm. more people will play them. Well, yeah. And, so you well, must have I mean, thought yes. about like how to talk about them to people. No, I haven't. I've, I haven't thought about how to talk about them with people. I have thought about how to accept them myself. Ah. Uh. Well, see, that was the easy part. It's just, it's just exposure. No. For me, it was exposure. You're being exposed to high quality stuff. Mm. Are you kidding? We go through those. I mean, I'm not going to give examples. Okay. But we go through those warp door games, and a lot of them are broken. Well, well, yes, that's true. But the the ones that when okay, we go through those warp door games. And we find ones that we genuinely like. Like, I mean, it's not like we're trying to like them. Right. It's just we're trying to expose ourselves to enough of them right. that we will find ones that we like. Right. It's exposure. So, uh, so I mean... And there's some I, games on there that are, like, real games. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not real. Others aren't just, real games. They're very polished or, like, Yeah, like, to games depth. that people play would pay for. Like, I'm not going to sit in front of the computer for an hour to play a game, so I'm not going to play them. Mm -hmm. But people who, like, are asking me this question are, would really appreciate knowing these exist. Mm. Like what? 
Like that detective game? Do you think so? I bet. I don't. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> but go ahead. Um. So, uh, I I don't really understand what the original question. How would I describe these games? If like, if someone said, "What are you playing?" in a way that they're re- ready to listen mm-hmm. to you talk about a game that they might want to try. That they might want to try. Right, because she's at, she's got to be asking me because she wants to know or talk about or try you know i don't understand sharing favorites very much right but i feel like okay, if someone's okay, asking okay, me okay. what a favorite is it's so they can try it. i gotcha here's the angle that i would find myself taking and it's not and when i say angle i'm not saying hey how to uh make friends and influence people i've never read that book and i don't really agree with the mentality which is implied by the title the I, i'm not trying to trick people i'm not trying to manipulate but I am trying to be honest with myself and understand that there is something that I might have experienced that they can also identify with. I might have filled a need in my own life that they have not been able to fill yet, and they might want to know how I did so, so that they can also try that out, not because it'll necessarily fit, but because they know me. If nothing else, they'll get to know me a little bit better. Right, they're asking because they want... I ask her what she's reading because I want new things to read. Word. She's asking what I'm playing, hopefully because she wants things to play. Uh, And and again, if nothing else, you're going to see what that person likes and that informs you about that person to some extent. Correct. So, the thing that I would approach them with... This is me personally. This doesn't necessarily apply. Okay, 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 stop. No, it's important for me to say that. It's, this is me personally where I could say this to someone, but you couldn't necessarily say this to someone because I'm filling a specific need that you might not have. But the need that these games have provided with me is that all of a sudden the art form itself has become something which is engageable with on a non-consumer level. That's You would say that to somebody? Huge. Well, no, I'm saying it to you because you understand my language. Okay. To them, I would have to explain it to, in, in more depth with different words. Right, but I'm not asking how you would explain it to me. <laughs> well, I'm starting out. <laughs> okay. In, unless, unless I'm getting too aggressive with this answer. No, no, answer. Okay, so... Uh, okay, so games are a priesthood at this point like seriously you uh you know people you might hear a podcast where they're talking about certification on the xbox or something or like you know whether or not a game got on steam like there's games not on steam there's 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 this it's not it's not an intentional um uh 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 exclusivity but there's but there's this idea of I think you described the person you were talking to saying that they only play the top 100 games. Right. There's this exclusive exclusivity implied by the idea of there are the best. Those best are the ones that are most worthy of my time, my limited time. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to spend my limited time playing the understood They're popular 10. for a reason. They must be good or they wouldn't be popular. And... and... 
they're the ones that I can talk to other people with, which is something I completely identify with. And that's one of the big reasons I want this podcast to exist. That's one of the reasons I'm really excited that Warp Door exists. That's why I'm really excited about being friends with developers on Twitter, because we're able to talk about the same games that are not promoted material. Like, that that's... To be able to have somebody to talk to the games about is important. Yeah, that, that, that's that's a really like that's part of it that I really respect. What I don't what I don't respect is the idea that the um, in a, in straight up, I don't respect the idea that uh, the games that should be talked about should be um, are are required to basically be made by wage slaves okay you're not that... <laughs> answering my question you're 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 talking about things that you want to yeah right. yeah the here's what here's what it comes down to for from my perspective if you show me a hundred of anything i'm gonna pick out five that i really like if you show me a hundred games that are 60 dollars titles i'm gonna find five that i really like I'm going to find 95 that I don't. Uh, should I stop talking? No, it's just that you are getting fixated on the top 100 part when that's not the question. The question is, how would you talk about these games to her? Not how would you talk about her games to her. Um. Uh. Because you obviously have a negative opinion about that. Well, okay. I mean, I played Titanfall. Like, I, I don't, I don't have a negative opinion about those games as a whole. I have a negative opinion about the attitude that there's nothing else out there if I just experience the commercial. Games. Well, yeah, that's why I wanted to have a good answer for her because mm -hmm. she doesn't know how to look so, outside of what she knows. So what she's not getting by not playing these games is, well, yeah. A, so a, how do I bring a, it up? A, a, a term, a term I used recently. Uh, when I was thinking about this type of thing, I was actually talking about music at the time. But feasibility. When when you're when you're playing these games, they are not the great pyramids. They're not like skyscrapers. They're not alienating in their techniques and their tools. They are something that looks like something that you could possibly make if you spent a month learning the tools. Like that that is a that is a valuable quality that is something well, that not just that but i still feel like they're communicating something they they're not just like i can make this game it's not like looking at a mondrian painting and be like i can paint that whatever i mean there it's still like a specific quality to a person that you feel like you've seen something that they want to communicate most of the time you just told me that it's not just the accessibility oh okay so <laughs> Um, and I agree with you entirely. They, uh, there are specific advantages to non-commercial games and, and hobbyist games, and those advantages are largely the in kind of like what we were talking about with game jams originally at, at the very beginning. Uh, the necessity of that the smaller scope puts upon you makes it so that uh, you have to kind of focus on the essentials. And so by focusing on the essentials, you end up in a very, you end up with a very, um, pared down kind of, uh, or pared down, um, 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 concentrate of significance. And so by mm. within 10 minutes, I can get an experience that is memorable. 
compared to not commercial releases, which typically gate that behind time. Right, but there's still... And, and is, is that not something that she might want? I feel like commercial releases are the same thing as these releases. You gotta you gotta play a hundred to get five good ones. Well, I that's mean, why you gotta depend on this podcast. Yeah, short free games talk podcast. <laughs> Check really, out not, our Tumblr. Not really, but because we pick out the best of the best. I don't know that that's really true. There's <laughs> a lot true. we're not playing. They're just ones that resonate oh, with us. Oh, then stop saying it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a joke that other people might not get. Yeah, they they're not here. Okay, my question for you. Okay. What is a beta? Uh, in fan fiction? That's correct. Because there's lots this of came betas. Up, it, this there's came up in conversation. Chrissy told me that someone asked... Someone asked me to be their beta. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so in fan fiction world, uh, being a beta is not just someone who checks the grammar of your story, but it's also someone that, that gives you feedback on your ideas and helps present ideas to help your story. So you kind of run everything by them, and they help you clarify your ideas or develop them what would or be tell you when a, you're going in the wrong way. What would be something a beta should say and something a beta should not say? See, I don't know, because I've never been one. Uh, and I and, and what I feel like, here's, here's what I think a beta should be like. Remember when we had that dialogue episode re uh, exercise recently? And I read you my dialogue, yeah. and you gave me feedback for each line about how, and I told you what I was trying to represent with the line, and you right. told me about what. See, that's what I. That's that's what it's supposed to be like, mm. where you can honestly say, but you're, like we're, we're you're not we're married, like we're exactly. soulmates. Exactly. I mean, so that's why I have to say no. I can't be this person's beta because I can't be honest with them that way. It's like it's it's like I can't tell them when their idea isn't good, especially because I don't even like their story. And in in stories are a lot like games in the same way as like you don't have to write your story for everybody. When like, you say you don't like it, it means it doesn't resonate with you. Yeah. Right. Right. You but understand that it could resonate with other people. When I and read the comments, that's where they should choose to read it from. Right. I read their comments. Their story is super popular. People are like, "I love your story. I can't mm. wait for the next chapter. Mm. This chapter was so good." And for me, it that didn't happen. Right. So I am. You don't understand. Right. I am not the person to give them feedback, not just on their story. But I have to proofread for work. And that's not even like like something somebody's being creative about. It's straight data. And I'm like, you you said something wrong. And, and like, before he gives it to me, be nice. Don't be mean. Don't give me a hard not, time. Yeah, like, like what, what does emotion have to do with whether or not you did this right or right, wrong? Right, right. So I understand. It's fucking data. <laughs> People are, like, so tied to things mm -hmm. and are sensitive about it that... I don't I don't feel confident even if I did like the story. I wouldn't feel confident enough to give them feedback mm. unless it was somebody I was really close to. Like if it hadn't been you giving me that feedback, I would have been like, "What the fuck? They don't know what I need to do in my story." Right. Even though I know that's not rational and, and the but, feedback would be but useful. It's, but it's largely because we've spent so much time together that I know the words to use to communicate accurately, right? Right, right, and precisely. Right. right. So so, uh, how are we going to tie this to games? I don't well, remember. I mean, because when I heard you tell me that there's something called a beta. Okay, so when Chrissy told me about, do you want to be a beta? It, w it didn't sound like, hey, I'm throwing this out there for other people to check out. Like, that did not, that, did, that is not what this sounded like. What it sounded like was, I need, like, 
to title someone the beta. <laughs> and that beta, it, like, like a vice president, you know, like, there's so, someone that has a specific identity as the other person that reads this before I publish it. Oh, okay. Like a proofreader. Uh, proofreader sounds like a job. Hmm. This is more like an identity. Somebody and, and, looked and, over this and, before I turned it in. Kind I'm of not. Thing. I'm not in the fanfic world, right? I don't know. I don't know what it is. But when you were telling me about it, this is what I was thinking mm. was. Right. So, my immediate thought was like, could hobbyist games use this? Could this be something in hobbyist games? Because I've never heard anyone talk about it in hobbyist games. I mean, with the exception of uh, with uh, Burnband and Hernhand, they talked about um, in the Read Me. They talked about. Jake Clover and uh, Tom Van Bogendart, I'm sorry if I mispronounced the name, um, talk about how they were playing each other's games while in development and allowing them to influence each other, which is a little bit different than the beta. Mm -hmm. uh, because both in this case, both people are working on something and getting criticism from each other. But that might be an interesting model too. Like, what do you think about, what do you think about the idea of um, uh, fanfic authors asking other fanfic authors to look over their story, but with the understanding that the story they're looking over might influence them. And they kind of like this, if you steal from me, I will appreciate it kind of mentality. Is that mm. something that would happen in the fanfic world? Yeah, but I feel like it does happen because so many things are repeated in every story. Mm -hmm. It's like they get the idea of what is supposed to happen in romance scenes from things that have already happened. Like some scenes are exactly the same in every story. Is, is there that an expectation of credit? Is like, I mean, I mean, what, 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 what is, what is the personal emotion in, 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 the creation of a troupe? In fanfic? I don't think I know what that means. Can you think of an ex a specific example in, in in the fanfics that you read where it was like you saw something for the first time and then you saw someone else use it and you know. That there's no... Oh, I have no idea where the beginning is. What do you mean? Like, I see something in fan fiction, and then I see somebody else use it a thousand times, but I don't know where the beginning is. Right. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, what... If... But I think it would be nice in games uh, if if people were capable of it, but it's hard not to be sensitive I'm... about your creative work. I'm fascinated with this idea. Uh could because... you imagine someone playing your game and giving you feedback on which direction you should go? Because I try that all the time and you don't listen to me, right. even though I'm obviously right. <laughs> yeah. Like... Yeah. And so the suggestion seems to be that uh, games are such a heavy investment. Like, right. Like t telling someone to use a different word in this sentence is a lot different than saying that this mechanic doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially like in the zine game, man, I tried so hard. Mm -hmm. And that was that was an interesting experience. Yeah, and it's and it's like I'm not making the game, mm -hmm. you know. You're making the game, so ultimately. Well, again, this becomes to me this becomes a question of scope. Like, if you can understand how much is involved in changing something, right? Then I could I would be much more able to take that criticism. So that's probably why game developers should be beta game developers because they so have an they idea. They understand how much is actually required in order to change it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. can we can we finish? Yeah, let's go for Are it. You, do you have the energy? 
Yeah. Oh, I'm 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 here. I'm okay. ready. Okay. I want to talk about Fist Puncher next. Okay. Uh, the reason I want to talk about it is because it's the first game we played. We were going through Warp Door, minding our own business, looking for games to talk about for the podcast and play and all that stuff. And uh, we came across Fist Puncher and we played it. And uh, and it's a game where you have a fist and you're punching a head. A head. There's, so there's there are two visual elements on the screen: a head and a fist. And you're it's like punch the head. Punch oh oh the yeah, head. the music the music is like I think it's metal again, kind of like uh, amateurish see. metal saying, uh, "Punch the head." Punch the head. <laughs> and then and then uh, and then. The skin comes off and turns into red squares that move in that same kind yep, of way. The, 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 the weaving. Yeah. And then then you get to punch the brain. And mm-hmm. so you go in and it's like, punch the head brain. Punch the head brain. Right. And which is humorous because it's, instead of changing the actual uh, content of the song, it's uh, it's um, gluing something on top of it. Yeah. And then, uh, and then it's like, oh... Looks like you were punching your own brain, and now you're dead. Violence is never the answer. The end. You know, like, here's my short mall. But actually, the reason this game was so funny to me is because it was the first one we played. I didn't know anything about RPG Maker, uh, and we hadn't played any other games. So when you load it, it says new game, save game. Yeah. Or yeah. new game, load game, end game, or something like yeah, there's that. A, yeah, there's a residual of using this engine, which is that... Every game starts with a, a screen that says new game, load game, save game. So I'm distracted the whole game the first time we're playing it, trying to figure out, like, where you, where would you save this game at? Like, <laughs> do you get tired of punching the head? Do you want to, like, come back and punch the brain later? Like, I don't understand where you would save it. I'm spending the whole game trying to figure out, like, why would you save it? And where would you save it at? That that, that goes back to the idea of... Uh... The, the context influencing the play experience. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and then Clyde's like, press load and see what happens the next time we tried to load it up and nothing happens. So then he told me about. But in the picture for this, the, this is one of the best, I feel like, picture representations of of the game. It's like a, a face falling apart and then turning into circles and moving apart or something like that with like an X through it. I really like the representation of the picture. Oh, oh, of the prompt itself. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think I've seen it. I showed it to you. I'll show it to you while you talk about the I'll pull it up while you talk about the game. Oh, I don't really have much to say about Fist Puncher except for that it's got, it's kind of like got the, um, it's got a, uh, I do like that it's got multiple acts. Uh, because you think of it as being this kind of simplistic mechanic that um, can only end by, you know, getting to a, a particular level of destruction, and then it it throws a um a uh, additional detail to you, which um is not absurd at all. It's actually like basically turns violence into hyperviolence, and then uh. <laughs> And I found it honestly repulsive. Like, I, when I was punching the brain, I was grossed out. There's no, there was, there was no me trying to be grossed out. I was straight up grossed out. And then, uh, the, as far as the ending went, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this photo. It is a real, this, you're right. It's funny that I didn't remember that because that was my favorite uh, use of a prompt. Yeah. Uh, we, we'll put up a, a link to the, um, 
actual glorious train wrecks mm. uh, uh, jam prompt thread thing so you can see all the props for these pictures. Yeah. Are okay, there... so another another. I am, I am losing steam. Okay, let's get through. The another uh, gimmicky kind of fist punchery thing was Butterman. Uh, you are some butter. You have to butter some toast, and then you die at the end. Yep. Because you. Like, uh, <laughs> what was it in, he said, in the couch game? Like, butter melting into bread. I'm disappearing. You, you, love, you love that connection between <laughs> those two games. I did. It, that, is, that is something that's really cool, because that's something that's very easily done between two games, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, but yet you got so much enjoyment out of it. It's, mm -hmm. it, didn't, it didn't even need to... Tell me about the difference between that being in a reference to another game... In the same bird sprite being used in multiple games. It's the same. I got just as excited seeing my little bird everywhere. Just, just being able to say, hey, I know that that connection exists. Yeah. Just like the ponies, it, the same horses being mm -hmm. in the dream thing, horse dreams or whatever. It kind of makes you wonder, like, about uh, 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 a compilation that will never occur. In which, in which, you know, when you gaze into the nail, you have the option of going into Dream Horses, right? And then, <laughs> yeah, right. And then from Dream Horses, you have the option to go into Shady Lights. You know, some sort of, like, odd... Maybe that happens in our memory of these games because of the similarities, uh, which is kind of romantic. Um, yeah, so in this game, one of the most interesting factors of it is that as you melt, you get smaller... And the music gets slower. As you you succeed through your own destruction. Yeah. Yeah, and at the end they're like, you sacrificed yourself. Good job. Mm -hmm. and, and this is interesting because it's a matter of like, you know, the... The, um, the uh... I, I feel like this is a type of humor. Uh, basically, anthropomorphizing uh, things that have disposable purposes um, mm. gives you a new light or a, a, a new angle to consider your own uh, eventual divide, demise. Yeah. Since, you know, you could, one could look at the history of humanity and culture as being a way to, um, to uh, postpone and rationalize uh, the need for um, destruction of death. <laughs> And so when you see when you see little Butterman whose purpose is fully fulfilled, he's like, "Let me at him!" Uh, 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 through through his own uh, disposability, it kind of implies it implies this idea that you know we are no different than anthropomorphized butter. <laughs> we all melt. I, I don't know. There's something. There's there there's a memento mori quality to a lot of these games. There there's a reminder of death to a lot of these games. Yeah. And and that to me that does complement mm -hmm. the uh, the idea of fail states and uh, win states, typically or in multiple cases being um, changes of awareness. And and so e e even something as you know a simple joke being you know a little man made of butter fulfilling his purpose uh by completely melting in bread which will now be consumed by a little boy who still has shutterstock uh <laughs> which i feel like might be necessary when you're using pictures of children <laughs> <laughs> um that that 
that joke becomes something more meaningful. Mm. Uh, so I do enjoy but uh, is it Butterman? Yeah, and I enjoy I enjoy the music slowing down because it's like the sound thing all over again. I don't know why music slowing down would be associated with death, but I could totally mm -hmm. see it like Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. It's yeah. a really good device that I never noticed before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it, it, it is it is death through a whimper rather than a bang, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like everything's just kind of slowing down. Mm -hmm. and now we're gone. And that is that is that is old age. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Do you want to just stop and just there, talk about the games we've talked about? Or do there you is want... one game I definitely want to make sure to mention. Okay, what is it? Um, Raw Meat Town. Oh, I thought it was going to be Horse and the Plant. Nope. It's going to be Raw Meat Town. I think Raw Meat Town is really interesting. And one of the reasons I find it so interesting is because I find it so hard to understand what I find interesting about it. Mm, Raw Meat Town was like a seizure for me. It's like flashing red grid movement. And yep. you are black and you have very limited movement. This was like you mm. and the other game. I couldn't figure out how to move. It, it, it's as if they took the movement from unknown planet mixed it with the collision system of the bird game so that the collision i i get the impression that the walls actually move in ramit town mm, they do because you you have to wait for those dark red ones i think to move and you can't move yeah. against those and they move. They, they kind of paralyze you and they're and it's not like this game has enough of a complex logic to be like oh i'm paralyzing the player for multiple seconds I should move away so that they have a chance to move again. Like, I don't get that impression <laughs> from this game. I think that you're just kind of fucked. So, yeah. the the thing... So, and then it's also got the weave pattern that you were talking about earlier with where it's like, it's got a, it's got a movement of pieces of, of, of a source photo mm -hmm. kind of weaving against each other. And it appears that there are multiple layers of it. Um, possibly one in the background, one in the front ground, and and maybe one that's actually causing collision on in in on the player's ground, and mm. so this mixed with, let's see, I actually wrote down a description of the music. I said grindy monster sounds. I I said something way more descriptive. No offense, Chrissy. <laughs> oh, offense taken. Uh, I gotta no, find I it here. Care. Here we go. Um, the noise palette is like being smothered by injured elephants and beached whales. <laughs> and, and, That's uh, only a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that mixed with the mechanic of um, confusing collision, confusing player visibility, creates this sensation that I am like smothered by meat or like <laughs> navigating through ground beef raw ground beef and that's not anything i would ever imagine <laughs> someone finding worthwhile enough to make a game about but i'm glad it exists because now my spectrum is that much wider <laughs> you have seen what it's like <laughs> it it is th this is a good this is such a good study of a game managing to be valuable to me, not through creating an even an interesting theme, but just through creating a mechanic, a a a a a, a um a collusion of mechanic, sound, and visuals 
that managed to communicate something to me that go along with the theme. And, you know, you could say, okay, well, it, it's the novelty of the theme itself that you find valuable in that. But no, it's not. It's the combination of the three creating the sensation of that experience. Right. That you actually feel like you're having it. And, and the novel aspect is it's not valuable because it's not because it's novel it's valuable because it's novel enough that i can see that combination being successful in a very different way than i've seen it be successful before so it's the novelty of how those uh those elements combine to create something significant not the novelty of the theme itself that's interesting that it created that for you. It didn't create that for me. But that's really nice that it was able to actually give you an experience. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is I don't, there anything else you want to talk about? There are two more games we haven't talked about. Okay. Or three. But oh, I don't gosh. really care if we talk about them or not. Yeah, I'm getting tired. I, I, I know. I'll I can tell. Um, okay. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Game jams. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I really, I, we were both really excited about talking about these games because of the ability to, to kind of uh, trace the same techniques and uh, themes and themes and and tools within um, an author in a very specific quantity of time. Even like, I mean, yeah. you know, playing an I, assumably playing an I have five hat game a year that's made a year from now is going to be almost like playing a different person's game. Yeah. So it was kind of neat to be able to play. Uh, a bunch of games made in the same period of time by a same, by the same person who, to to be honest, like I, he seems to express certain sentiments that I myself identify with, mm. and so I got I got more out of it. And uh, I was lucky that you seemed to. Uh, yeah, I felt like they were really good at microfiction. Like they could uh, take down an idea and simplify it but still express it with a few elements and especially with sound and they're really funny there were so many good elements to it this experience that we've just discussed and had is this something that you think could be gotten from you know non-jam games or non-short free games going back to the half the, the question you were asking about what is it about these games that I can use to communicate to someone else? You, you see well, where I'm going here? Yeah, but I have had ex real experiences from real from other games. I can't believe I just called them real. From other games that uh, that made me feel like I was actually having a real experience. Like, real experience. Um, see, I, I guess I was trying to compare it to how you felt with the, raw meat town yeah or for me oh me too me too but it but to, or for me with one minute to live i really felt like the arbitrariness of it but also the importance of it mm -hmm. like you know you you were torn between those it was a it was an indefinite experience well what i'm trying to point out here is that uh because we have an author situation we we have we have a, a single author mm -hmm. you know if you don't include the team behind rpg maker right mm -hmm. uh you have a single author uh moving through multiple themes in a short period of time using similar tool sets and to me that is an experience that you're not going to get mm. any other place 
as far as games go. Right, right, it, right. I agree with that. It, and I, I find it's that definitely I find that valuable. An exper- it is definitely a valuable experience and different than playing a, one of the Game Jam games. Right. Or playing just one game off a of Warped Door. All, all week. Uh, after once once we started discussing the idea of uh, potentially talking about these game or specifically Dennis Carr's uh, games from this game jam, Chrissy has been so excited about the possibility. So ever since we discussed it, she's like, "I'm so excited that we're gonna." Or not, I'm so excited. It's like I'm really glad that we're gonna talk about these games because and it. She keeps on, or when she was talking about about it earlier in the week, she kept on saying because it, it seemed like she was constantly bringing up playing one game and not really appreciating it yeah honestly i mean i don't want to say this because it sounds horrible but honestly i had such a negative opinion about game jam games before this and now i'm like super excited about uh seeing a theme from a person and playing through it and seeing what tools they use i mean it's sort of like what i was thinking about wilbur park you know like you see that they have five idea or five right. things that they want to show you an idea with, and you get to see what they pick out and how they use to represent it. It it it's personal in an interesting. It is it's personal. almost like you're reading their mm-hmm. zine or something, you right. know, like like uh, and ha- but see, if I just played one of the games, I would dismiss it. So having the entire collection mm-hmm. made it valuable to me. Right, I, and and I. I had the same experience. Like I, I might, I might play something like Teeth of Fury, and be like, "Oh, that's funny and that's novel. Uh, what a cute game!" But I'm having the same experience that you are. I like playing through multiples of these. I feel like I know the author better. Right, uh, right, right. Which is dangerous. Right, but, right. But I mean, it's still <laughs> that's something always I a side effect that you're gonna have of having. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope everybody has a good week and uh, tries these games out. Word. All right, bye.